today's episode of Amon Sharon's Pirate Radio, we're lucky enough we are lucky enough to have on special guest Gerard Conley. Gerard and I were teammates for a season or two at uh, Delphi University, and um, he's a great athlete. He's a sick athlete. He's a beast. He's training for the the marathon, and he's one of the hardest. He's the hardest working athlete. I've ever had the, the pleasure to train with. So thank you, Gerard, for doing this. And um, please enjoy this episode. And without further ado, Gerard Conley. Hello and welcome to another episode of Amon Sheeran's Pirate Radio Podcast. We have a very special guest today. And that guest is the very handsome Gerard Conley training for the... Oh, we'll get into everything, but Gerard, thank you for doing this. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm happy to be doing this. I've been uh, living in Flagstaff by myself, um, kind of just sitting in my room, uh, feeling like I need to talk to people more. So I'm happy to be talking. Are you like uh, like your normal caveman self or do you have any friends out there yet? I've been meeting people. Yeah. I, I mean, I got here and I knew zero people. Um, um, yo, you want to just lower just the, the, the volume on, the, on your phone a little bit? Yeah, my bad, my bad. But yeah, I I got here. I was by myself. I didn't really know anybody, and then I I started going to some group runs, and uh, I was able to start meeting people. So um, yeah, it's been good. I've been meeting more and more people every every week, I guess. Yeah. So like, um, how are legs feeling? Uh, Legs are feeling good. Body's feeling good. Uh, I would say at this point, I'm like mostly adjusted to altitude i mean i don't think anybody ever truly performs at altitude the way they can at sea level but um yeah i mean i I had a pretty good long run yesterday and uh my easy runs are getting easier so that's awesome um, as far as the altitude goes uh yeah it's not too bad all right sick what um i'm trying to think we should jump into the trials and save the the training talk um, yeah, whatever. whatever All right, cool. So let's. I want your. So Kyle Merber had a tweet. He said that was the last night um, was the best hour of track in U.S. track and field history. What do you think about that bold statement? Uh, I think that's a very. I think it's a very bold statement, but I also think it's a very accurate statement. Um, just because, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a very like well-rounded last hour. It was a very exciting last hour. I mean, we had the world record by Sydney McLaughlin, which was incredible. I, I like was hoping it would happen. I knew that it was like possibility. I knew Sydney McLaughlin's been going through some like difficulties with training, but uh, I knew it was like part of her process. And then she did end up getting the world record, which was, which was a. I, I was I was cheering by myself alone in my apartment. Um, and then the fifteen hundred, which was that was the most exciting last 150 meters of any distance race uh, I've seen in a long, long time. And then uh, Noah Lyles kind of came back and uh, he won the 200, which I I did not expect. I kind of was like feeling pretty nervous about his likelihood of making the team. And uh, yeah, he he pulled it together at last minute. And uh, luckily he, he, won the race i mean not only did he qualify for the olympics but he won he won the meet which was really cool to see yeah he's a sick athlete i really want to well first we'll go with the collisions cole hawker and noah noah who's the notre dame guy 
um uh, uh yar nigus yar yard nigus yeah yeah falls out for nigus i don't know if you saw that <laughs> yeah yeah it's not kind of hang out yeah but um yeah collisions uh first and third and 1500 my favorite event uh in college at least i would say i was a 1500 meter specialist so that's why i think it's my favorite event and um just a sick race i mean I don't think anyone saw Central getting uh, dethroned by a college kid. Yeah, I would I would agree, and and I think uh, I I would agree that the fifteen hundred like the the coolest like middle ground event uh, for track. I mean, some people say it's the eight hundred that is like the kind of all encompassing uh, event that brings everybody together. I, I personally think it's the fifteen hundred. You know, it's just from a fan's perspective. From uh, an athlete's perspective, yeah, it definitely takes more of a distance runner to run the 15. But I think for the fans, um, you really see the most exciting racing in the 1500. Uh, just, just the amount of tactics that are involved in a three and a half minute race. And then uh, the, the type of last 400 meters you see in the 1500 is just incredible sometimes. I mean, last night, that last 400 was, I was yelling. I mean, I was standing up in my basement alone at a, 1 a.m. whenever it was or... yeah yeah it was like 12 40 p- uh, a.m on, yeah. on the east coast and uh yeah i mean for whoever stayed up that late it was definitely worth it i think no for sure i mean it sucks that a lot of people missed it but you have to put the athletes first i know you're a big fan of sidious mag and i was listening to kyle merber and chris last night and they were saying um it was a tough decision to postpone but you have to put the athletes uh put the athletes over the fans put the athletes totally. over the East coast fans. So it's a kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Um, I want to talk since you're, you're, what would you say your specialty event is in terms um, of the distances? I'm totally buying into the marathon right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I've always been really good at long runs and I just officially committed to my, uh, my first marathon, uh, my marathon debut in November. And, uh, I'm buying in. I'm giving it my best shot, and I'm gonna just see what happens if I uh, tell myself I'm a really good marathoner for five, six months, however long I have until the race. And uh, yeah, I think I don't know. I think I have a pretty good shot of running a good time and maybe placing really well. One thing I hate about my life is uh, every Sunday afternoon, I see your long run and I think about ending it all. Oh, come on <laughs> they're too fast man it's just a little too fast that's a lot of words right there yeah no, yeah, no I mean, obviously i'm joking but it's really impressive man seriously yeah yeah i mean uh to, just to put like my fast long runs into perspective though and like why i think i'm a good marathoner over any other event is uh so like this yesterday this past sunday i uh i was able to join the like you know west fly athletics those guys um you know, it's a couple sub four milers and uh yeah, I mean we we were running pretty fast. We were running six minute pace, sub six pace for, for a lot of the the run. What was the total distance? I ended up running sixteen miles. I think they did like ten, ten to twelve maybe. Really? Um, but I, I mean I ended up having like a much better long run than all those guys and I'm not even saying that to like boost my confidence just or boost facts. my ego or anything, but I'm just point being that you know they're milers, and I'm I'm a marathoner. I think um, so. If I if I'm able to to contend with sub four milers in a long run, and you know, 
kind of kind of have a better run than them, then uh, I think that just goes to show. I wish I was a better miler sometimes because the mile is a really cool event, but uh, that's just the way my legs are. It's the way my body works. Yeah. So I want to take it back to the start a little bit, if you'll indulge me. So Gerard, uh, I know you weren't always the best runner. I saw some pictures of you back in Smithtown at Manhattan College. And <laughs> what is that? What would you say to that kid right now, uh, being where you are in your running career? Um, Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. So what what would I say to the high school Gerard? I guess. Yeah. I would say you're more talented than you think you are. You're more talented than you think you are, and also talent is talent doesn't mean anything. Um, I, I in high school I was very hung up on the fact that uh, there was a couple kids on my team that were, you know, talented, um, but really they just they were able to run low mileage and do really well off of that, which I always was kind of envious of and always kind of uh, discouraged by because they would, you know, do the 25 miles a week that uh, they would, we would do and they would run, you know, sub 420 the mile, et cetera. And I, I just wasn't able to do that with that kind of training. So it would discourage me and make me think that, you know, maybe I'm not super talented, maybe running isn't for me long-term, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, you kind of just got to find the training that works for you and, and just work really hard. Um, sometimes it takes more hard work than you think it takes. I mean, look at Joe Klecker. He is outspoken about being one of the hardest working Americans uh, in, in U.S. track and field. And uh, I believe it. I mean, he, he, he posts all this stuff on Strava. It's, it's not even about how many miles he runs. It's about how he runs those miles and uh, the, the workouts he does, which are crazy. So sometimes, uh, yeah, I guess that's what I would say to my high school self is um, don't, don't buy the talent bullshit. Um, <laughs> you, you can, uh, you, you can accomplish great things in the sport if you just try really, really hard sometimes. Absolutely. You're definitely a grinder. And it goes back to, for me, it goes back to a quote. Um, I don't know if you guys did this over at Smithtown, but every year for summer training at Syosset, we'd put a quote on the back of the shirt. And then with 2012, it was hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. What does that quote uh, mean to you? Totally. I mean, it's super cliche. I've heard that quote a million times, but there's a reason cliches exist and that's because they're usually pretty accurate. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've had quote unquote talented teammates, talented competitors that uh, were better than me at the start of the season. And, you know, I was able to work my way past them throughout the season or um, yeah, I, I, don't know. I mean, definitely when you're, when you're committed to something and you're working hard, uh, it kind of snowballs into something a lot greater, I think at the end of the day. And uh, if you're just relying on your talent, then it's not going to really get you too far. I want to shout out the chat. Steve was in here earlier. Elia, uh, Maris kid. I don't know if anyone's still in here, but if you are, say hi. Um, but yeah, uh, you're definitely a grinder. And um, what do you think out of all the Olympic qualifiers, who's the biggest grinder outside of Joe Clecker? Um, Tough one. Yeah, I would probably say Ellie Purrier. She yeah. that 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 remains as uh, probably my favorite race from the trials. Um, Ellie Purrier taking taking the the fifteen hundred win from the front, uh, and equally, I would probably say Emily Sisson. I was just going to say the ten k was really impressive. Both, both of those races were just, I mean, works of art. They, they, they were. Uh, it's, it's very rare that you see a, a race won from the front like that. It's even more rare that you see uh, an Olympic trials uh, 
race one from the front in those conditions in such unpredictable fields. You don't know what everybody has. You don't know. Um, I mean, racing has been sparse the past year. Um, so, you know, it, it really takes a lot of guts to, to commit to a, a front run like that. And then uh, it takes even more, uh, you know, it, it takes, it takes a lot of uh, fitness to be able to like follow, follow that up. Um, and and, and yeah, I, I would probably say Ellie Currier is, uh, is, is probably the hardest worker besides Joe Quacker. She's a tank. Yeah, no, I think Sisson was most impressed for me due to the heat and the length of the race, the 10K. Um, cliche again, but the spirit of Prefontaine, I think, was uh, pushing her. Uh, yeah. Sisson, that is. I mean, you, you were talking about the Hayward Magic earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's like, I, I, I always heard that term growing up. I didn't really know what it meant. Uh, just like I thought it was just a kind of like a silly motto that they had for the stadium but um, I think that at this point so many great performances have happened at that meet um, or at, at that stadium uh, the fans are so educated that the the community uh, you know you're warming up outside the stadium you probably see so many people who just know what's going on um, and you just I'm back I'm back uh, you just Okay. Um, okay. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. just being. Sorry. Yeah, I know you're good. Um, being in Eugene just really probably boosts your morale about the sport of running, and then uh, yeah, and then you get into that stadium, you race, and you know that every single person that stadium knows what's going on. You, you just it's it's a collective energy. Um, it's a lot of people that are really really invested in the sport of track and field, and uh, in one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world. So um, Hayward Magic is probably just based on the fact that you're feeding off of everything in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, yeah, when, when you have that much behind you, anything can happen. Shout out to my high school buddy, Sean Ahern in the chat. Say hi, Sean. But hey, I think up, the, the duo that stole the weekend was um, the Browerman boys, Fisher and Kincaid. Uh, they decided they're going to double in Tokyo, um, which sucks for everyone in fourth, but uh, really hey, impressive. They made that official decision? I believe so. Uh, cited by City of Mag. So, so, okay. Yeah. So, just talk about those two races and your guy who's doubled in like conference meets and um, talk about uh, hi, Sean. And just talk about that, their, their impressive performances. Um, yeah. I mean, to double in the 5K, 10K is, uh, I mean, I've done it before. I'm nowhere near what those athletes are, but, uh, you really not only do you need to like be in insanely fit and you need to be just ready to take on that amount of uh like you, you need to train for month and month to build the endurance for the, like those three races you know one 10k and two 5ks uh semi and and final mm -hmm. um you know not only do you need the, the endurance but you also need like it's like a fine-tuned uh you know ability like it's a fine-tuned fitness because not only do you need to have the endurance but you also need to be able to bounce back and and uh yeah i mean you need to like have your uh, so like right now the way i'm trained right now is i'm, I'm overworked a little bit um it, it's it's i'm at the point where i know that if like my my workout on wednesday is probably I'll get through it. I'll do great. But I know that like after that, I'm like kind of accumulating a lot of fatigue. 
so like Thursday will probably be tough. Friday will probably be tough. Um, and it, it, it's, it's hard to like be like in a fitness where you can rebound from a, uh, like be fit enough for an effort and then rebound from it really quickly. Um, I don't know if that really makes sense, but it does to me, but for the uninformed, uh, and obviously recovery is really important, but I wanted to ask why, what is the purpose of doing that? And, uh, uh, you didn't say overtraining, but slightly overtraining. What is the purpose of doing that for your, uh, go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, and do you want to just move like, uh, the phone away from the mic just cause I can hear myself like pretty clearly. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, the purpose of, of overtraining a little bit and just like gaining, like accumulating a, a certain amount of fatigue in your legs and, and your body is to uh, just adapt to it. I mean, I, I'm building my, my mileage right now. I'm, I don't have any important races anytime soon. So my main goal is to do like long runs, like, you know, every day, try to get in a good amount of mileage, do hard workouts that really test my aerobic system, test my, you know, muscle, uh, muscle tension and, and, uh, you know, try to get some good, uh, speed work in and then just go to sleep and recover as best as possible from, from that work. And then, uh, you know, over time, you know, I won't be able to recover perfectly like the next day, but, you know, maybe in, three, four, five weeks, I'll be able to, if I keep on doing that, I'll be able to recover really, really quickly. And, uh, and then once I'm able to get that recovery time down and I'm able to recover a lot quicker, then, um, eventually I'll be able to run, you know, 90 miles a week and, and do some big workouts that are able to build my fitness to the point where I can run a, a full marathon. Um, cause right now I can't, you know, it doesn't matter what any of my workouts say, I can't do that. So, um, why do you got to build those what why do you say you can't run a full right now you can't race a full is that what you mean like you're not ready i can't race a full yeah i can't i can't run a full marathon at my goal pace yet okay. what um, is i that could probably goal? complete a marathon right what is um, goal my goal pace i'm not too sure yet um i mean at some point in my life i would love for it to be 517 pace which is fast enough to get you under uh the olympic trials qualifying standard um I don't know if that'll happen this fall. If I had to guess, I would say a good goal of mine for this fall would be to run under 225. Just like 530-ish? Um, yeah, I think it's like 523, 24, 25. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure like 220 marathon is like 520 pace. It's like right about there. I want to get more into your – you touched on it. I got to bring it up. You just said that you talked about the standard. So does that mean you have Olympic aspirations? Uh, you see, it's like, it's funny, it's a tough one, uh, you know, but yeah, no, I mean, like, so my coach, Brendan Martin, he, he is 31 years old and he is still crushing mileage and setting PRs and, uh, still has big goals. And as, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like as a 23 year old, I feel like I've kind of had like a pretty underwhelming career for how much like training I've done and how much like successful training I've, I've put together so uh I mean I, I would have to give you an answer after my first marathon but I mean I, I think anything's possible I think it's uh I mean look at Noah Drotti Noah Drotti went from being a 1445k guy which you know don't get me wrong 1440 is a great time I've never run 1440 not yet anyway 
Um, but he was just like a D3. You know, I don't even think he was an All-American. He went to, he moved to Boulder, Colorado, kind of just farted around for a little bit. And then he just decided, you know what, like I was pretty good at running at one point. I'm going to give it my best shot. And uh, yeah, Noah is a beast. And yeah, and then a few years later, he runs a 209 marathon, which is just like mind boggling that you could improve so much. I mean, it just goes to show that if you find the right training and you string together a lot of really consistent years, um, anything's possible. So I, I, I like to look at my training and, and my, uh, my mindset towards like my running career at, with, with a little bit of that, just because, you know, anything is possible. And I do think if, if you're going to do it, you might as well commit to like a pretty, uh, you know, pretty positive mindset that, that uh, has big goals. Cause if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to try them, then why even do it in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Noah's a great Twitter follow. I find him really entertaining. Uh, I'm sure you follow him as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so Brendan Martin's obviously a beast. How did you, uh, how did, so I'm sure you had a lot of choices. How did you end up deciding on him as your coach? Um, I mean, we're just really good friends. I've known Brendan for like, eight, nine, nine years now. We, we've known each other. We grew up like around the block from each other. We, I didn't really know him until after like after high school and everything, but, uh, or after like his high school and, and I was still in high school, but um, yeah, we just, we're both Smithtown alumni. We both have known each other for so long. So uh, yeah. And then when it came down to me not having a coach after college, I knew he was a coach and uh, I, yeah, I was asking for advice. I kind of like bug him a lot, honestly. I have like so many questions to ask him all the time and uh, he's really patient with me and really, really happy to give advice and, uh, you know, offer, offer his knowledge. So um, yeah, it, it made sense. I figured, you know, we'll, we'll work together and, and see uh, how, how, uh, how far we can go with, with just taking my running a little more seriously. You ever train with him? Oh yeah, totally. Um, I mean, our, our schedules don't totally align. Um we, we, we don't always live in like the same area he I, i'm usually in long island and uh he's in new york city but uh yeah whenever we can and uh i actually am moving to new york city in august after i leave flagstaff i'm going to manhattan and i'm, I'm living there breaking news yeah breaking news yeah i'm really excited actually uh you're living alone what's the story no i got i got two roommates uh my one best friend michael leary he uh well, I was he talking about him i'm sorry to cut you off I was talking about him uh, with with Billy Ulrich. Oh yeah, yeah. Billy Ulrich is awesome. He, I just had him, you on, had him on, on recently, right? What? You had him on, right? Yeah, that, that was my last one. Cool. Yeah, uh, Billy. Billy's really cool, and uh, I know they were like rivals in, in high school. Yes, yeah, uh, Samanad. <laughs> yeah, Mike always tells me he's like every time I do something, like from Mike's perspective, he says every time I do something, like one fast time or something, he'll always one up. Like a couple of days later, he'll run a, a second faster than me, or you know, he'll outkick me in the last 50 meters. It's <laughs> Billy always seems to have the upper hand, apparently. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like they've had a good rivalry for a really long time. Yeah, no, those blood Catholic school blood lines run deep. Do you mm -hmm. have a, an arch nemesis in uh, uh, post college or at any time in your career? I wish I could say I had more rivals. I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I mean, I guess like well, that's the thing. I graduated college and they're like you know covid so right. didn't really have too many chances to to form any rivalries 
uh, I guess during college, I always had a, a rivalry with anybody from Geneseo, uh, you know, running at Brockport. We, we were always trying to win the SUNYAC championship. So, uh, you know, for like two years, I was, I was the best, one of the best distance runners at Brockport. And, uh, you know, we had a couple other good distance runners, but Geneseo had like way more than us. So um, we, if, if anybody was going to make a stir within the SUNYAC conference uh, against Geneseo, it was going to be us at Brockport. And uh, yeah, I, I just, like, if it was like me alone in a race and like, a, like I remember, so we'll do a little story time. Uh, the 5K at, at conferences. SUNYACs. Uh, Before you Suniacs, go into your yeah. story, I, sure. I don't know if you knew this. I'm a, Suniac dropout. Are you? Oh yeah, you were supposed to go to Cortland, right? I did go to Cortland. Okay, yeah. yeah, I just got. I gotta tell the story. I haven't told it on the podcast. It's brutal, but I just gotta go quick. So I was, I was six three at that age. I um, all respect to those with eating disorders. I did not have an eating disorder, but I was very skinny. I was one fifty pounds and six three, which was like the thinnest I've ever been. I had a great cross season. I came in injured. I broke my ankle in the steeple and I came in. All right. All right. Story time for me in the middle of the year. Sorry. So, so, uh, my freshman year of high school, I fell in the steeple. That was on ridiculousness. So it was a bad, bad like fall. The show ridiculousness. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. You're famous. Okay. So fast forward three years. My coach is like, we're stat. Sias is like a, a powerhouse. And yeah. we had won counties like we hadn't lost counties in like 10 seasons, including cross country winter spring. So it's like my senior year of spring. It's going to be my last race. Um, I was on the four by eight, but at, in winter, but I wasn't going to be on the four. I was going to be an alternate for states in the spring. So it was like, Amon, listen, I know you fell. I know you're on ridiculousness, but we need you in the steeple. We're going to put you in fresh. Everyone's doubling back for the two mile. You're going to run the steeple at counties, Westbury High School. Um, like this is your chance. You, you have a good chance to win. And I did, I was in the race. Um, I was hurdling all the, all the barriers, uh, solid over the water barriers and the last lap comes and, uh, I fell back, but in Nassau, I'm sure it's the same stuff. It's 10, eight, six, four, two, one. So one yeah, through six score. Yeah, that's the usual. Yep. Yeah. So one through six score. So I ended up in sixth at the last water barrier. Fifth is far away and seventh is far behind. So I just have to finish. I got a bad last barrier. And if this is the left side of the barrier, my left ankle, like, I don't know. I sprained my left ankle badly on the last water barrier. And I was like, oh my God, again. So what do you think I did? Uh, did you finish? I hope you I finished. finished that goddamn race and scored a point and we won counties. Good. That was my last high school race. Okay, so all that to say, I go into Cortland injured. Uh, there's like a time trial, uh, four miles and 24 minutes. I got recruited. I recruited myself, blah, 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 blah. I didn't have to run the time trial. So I had a great cross season. I was eighth on the team or ninth on the team, and they went to nationals. I didn't get to go. Eight guys go. Whatever. Great. Uh, so I ran, I ran a Brockport at Suniacs. It started snowing a mile in. And I ran 28-38. So it was a solid race. Yeah. Respectable. I didn't, didn't break that until, you know, my best season at Adelphi. So I was never, I never ran sub-28. But anyway, great cross season. Winter comes. 
how many times did you run over winter break like every day right yeah yeah so <laughs> i did not run i might have ran once for six weeks i was in a really bad funk i was like my roommate was a bad fit whatever and i didn't run once so then uh there's a meet at ithaca like my coach steve patrick um whatever the bomber invite yeah the bomber invite Yep. So I he I was gonna slate it to run the three k. He sees I'm in bad shape. He's like, I'm gonna put you in the eight hundred. I get out there. Guess what I ran? I'm not. I, I don't even know. Did you rate two ten? No, two seventeen. Oh, oh wow! I ran two hundred one open and one fifty eight in relay like the year before. So obviously, and then I got an email that night. I'm cut. I just had a really just a rough spring semester, and uh, yeah, that's about it. But, um, and then send it down to Adelphi and redeem no. yourself, right? Send it down to you went to You went to NASA, NASA and then, and then Adelphi. Took a year off. And then um, I had wanted to join the team. But there was like, oh, we're not going to have a team, not enough people, yada, yada, yada. The next year comes, there's a new coach, James Herbert. Good guy. He's an official. I have another story for another day with him. But I joined the team. I ended up making nationals for JUCO. Um, I ran... Uh, so my arch rival is he ran for Suffolk, uh, Ilya. Oh, Ilya Wilson. Ilya Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. So we went back. Yeah, Marius is in this. Marius knows Ilya. Okay. Shout out to Marius and the Brockport boys. Go Eagles. So Ilya Wilson. Yeah. We went back and forth every time. Um, and he beat me. I beat him. Whatever. So nationals worst race of my life. I, uh, I kicked with 450 to go and downhill from there but yeah that's about it so cool yeah uh we're at the level uh backstory so Cortland was d3 and then nassau is juco junior college and then after that i went to delphi mikey p but yeah um, delphi was d2 is that where you were asking colin but yeah gerard you can go ahead with your story uh, yeah, I mean, my story was just about like rivalry. Um, just uh, one race at Suniax. It was the 5K, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I I just wanted to win so bad. I mean, I, I knew I had a decent shot, uh, but like in reality, I knew it was gonna be really really tough. So I just I, I hung on to the leader. Uh, he was uh, Matt Sayer from Geneseo, who just he, he just went to nationals and he, he, he got third at nationals, NCAA nationals for D3 and he ran 14, 15. So uh, he improved a lot since then, but um, back then, yeah, I just, he was leading the race at SUNYX and I was just hanging on to him for dear life for 24 laps. And I was dying. I like never really pushed myself that hard in the race before. And it wasn't even that fast, just something about the day. I just really had to try really hard to stay on him. And uh, yeah, I, ended up fourth, um, top three get medals. And, uh, on, so I was kicking and on the last, last turn on the rail, I tripped on the rail and, uh, yeah, I like, I didn't fall all the way down, but, um, yeah, I got passed by two people right, right in the last turn and, uh, got fourth, whatever. But, um, long story short was, uh, I mean, most people are like have some sort of a rivalry with Geneseo in in the Suniac Conference because we, we they always win. Did. More so with Ithaca, but I don't I don't know why I said yeah. we. I, I have no affiliation to Cortland whatsoever. Yeah, Cortland. I mean, you were there. You yeah. you know what Geneseo is all about, and yeah. uh, they're really good. So everybody kind of wants to see them lose at some point. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for them, but uh, 
at some point everybody wants to see him lose uh, just because they win so much. And uh, yeah, my coach came over to me after the race and he's like, you want to know how ballsy of a race you ran? He said, he said the Oniana coach who had an athlete in that race was cheering for you to win. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. So um, yeah, I was getting, I was getting other coaches from other teams cheering for me because they thought I was going to win with like two laps to go, but uh, just t- didn't quite have enough. Is that your best college race? Would you say? Um, I mean, it was, it was one of the most exciting races, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I, one of the races I really put myself on the line and uh, got the fans involved pretty heavily. That, that, was, that was probably the most exciting, I think. All right. So I'm going to talk about my exciting, most exciting race. You had transferred at this point. But we'll start from the time of that school when I got to Adelphi. What was your first impression of me? Uh, I was out of shape, but um, what was your first impression of Amon walking on the when, when you When you joined the team at Adelphi? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know much about you. I mean, uh, I knew you came from Cortland and I knew Cortland was a really good school. So uh, I was like, oh, maybe he'll be pretty good. How did you, did you really know that? Yeah. Katie told me. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, but didn't you like Sean has told me like, oh man, you were really, at it. I was, I didn't really run that summer. I, I met Philly at the running school and he gave me Katie's number. I was recruited a little bit um, when I was at Nassau. But I was like, so she saw me run at a, an ESU meet and I ran like 418 in the 15. And I was like, oh, that's that's not fast enough to run for Delphi. They got Dylan Pickhart. They got Gerard Carmley. They got all these guys that I thought were so fast. But um, I was running like more than fast enough to in the 15 to be on the team at that time. So I discouraged myself. I didn't talk to Katie all summer. And luckily I ran at the Philly. Can't, can't, can't let yourself down, dude. You always give your best shot. Yeah. So I'm glad obviously I joined the team. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I was out of shape coming in and then I grinded, 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 grinded. I earned my jersey. I didn't run for cross the first season, but I earned my jersey in the winter. And um I ran 458 at uh SoCon, but in the same season, uh at uh any tens, I was in the mile. Somehow I qualified and I was like, all right, I'm I got, like, I was very locked in. Uh, obviously, I wasn't going to score. I was in the slow heat. But I put myself out there. I gave it my all. And I ran um, 438 on a flat track. And it was really important to me because I didn't know what the team thought of me. I was like, is this kid a joker? Is he serious? Is he not? And I uh, proved that. Is that for the mile or, fi- mile or 15? Mile. mile. Okay. Indoor. Yeah. yeah. Indoor, yeah. So I was like. I, remember, I think I remember that meet. Yeah. I remember you. I um I really wanted to one of the, the captains were Jose Velasquez and Anthony Cosia. Shout out to Cosia, just got married. But I digress. Yeah. I really he was like um he was a good captain. He like wasn't gonna give out compliments if he like didn't mean it. And he, he's a great athlete in his own right. But on the boss coming back, like Cosia and I were never best friends, and that's fine. But um he's a good guy, like we're friendly, whatever. Um, but he was like, Hey, he tapped me on the back. I was sitting down. He was like, Hey, great mile. And that's all I said. And, and I was just like, man, I, I kind of earned my spot here. So that's, that's my story. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I, I think that, that, uh, a good quote to follow it up with, uh, is the quote, I, I remember Katie, uh, my freshman year of something she, she put in like a training packet or something that, that really always stuck with me is, uh, I think it was something like, you're not defined by your past or something like right. you're not like, you know, if you were good in high school, great. Like that really doesn't mean anything in college. Like 
you have to like prove yourself again. And if you weren't good in high school, then great. Like doesn't mean anything. You can earn your, you, you can earn your respect um, in a whole new way, you know, new training, you know, you can rewrite it's clean slate. Um, so I, I always think that no matter where you are in your life or, or training or, or whatever it is in your life, you know, don't think back to what you were the past couple of months or if you want to do something, just look forward, don't look back. Um, and that, I, I learned that one from Katie. Shout out to Katie. I don't know if she's ever going to watch this, but uh, the <laughs> that's box. something that, but. yeah, it's something that she said that always stuck with me. Yeah, shout out to Katie. Uh, they had a great season. Um, they, uh, she was coach of the year for the NE10. So shout yeah, out that Katie. was big. I, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, the Marsh Twins. Uh, I want to give a shout out to two of the my former teammates at Adelphi, um, Kelly Smith and Cecilia Winthrop. Um, I guess I would compare them to me in that they weren't in the best of shape. They were solid college athletes, but, you know, I never thought, I would have never predicted that they would, Cecilia would come in second in the 15 and Kelly would come in fifth in the 15 and any 10. So I just want to give a huge shout out to them, uh, another couple of grinders. And I want to have them both on the podcast because um, they're two athletes like us that weren't defined by their past and put their nose to the grindstone and gave it their best shot. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that that women's team at Delphi really uh, started buying in. I think they really just kind of had a really good. Um, well, they they have a lot of athletes, a lot of really talented athletes. But uh, what's even more important to that is they took those talented athletes and they um, kind of put their minds together and started working really hard as a group. Um, which is which is hard to accomplish. It's hard to coordinate from a captain's perspective and from a coach's perspective. Um, but this year, I think that's that's where they um, the, the women's team. Uh, you know, I mean, men and women at Adelphi are both great, but the the women, you know, they they did really really amazing at any tens. And uh, I think it just comes down to the fact that yeah, they 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 put their minds together. They they just trusted the process, and they uh, you know, I mean there's always talk about training, training this, training that, like it really isn't at, at the end of the day, it's not really about the training. It's just about buying in and just having a good attitude and uh, just like believing in yourself and your teammates. Uh, that's really what's most important at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Gina who just joined anyway. Um, uh, so when is the Philly marathon? Uh, November 19th. All right. Um, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. I'm yeah, I'm excited. excited. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to bring this back to the trials a little bit, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think there's still just so many things to talk about. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I, before this, I was actually listening to the interview with Matt Centrowitz. And uh, if, if you get a chance, go listen to the full interview uh, like the post, like immediately post-race where they have like the red background, that, that thing. Um, it's like a 60 minute interview. And, and I think Centro is such a cool athlete because he's just so like transparent. Um, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. He's not afraid to, uh, you know, just if, if he feels a certain way about something, he's not afraid to say it. And he really gets like that in that interview and not in like a, in a way where he's like cursing people out or, or just, just honest being like aggressive, but he's just really himself. And uh, it's really cool to see that. And I think, Centro is somebody who has uh, really matured over the years and he's become somebody that American distance runners can look up to younger runners can look up to and just uh, 
from a competition standpoint, you can look up to him. From a training standpoint, they can look up to him. And uh, just as a, as a personality, you know, he's a competitor. And he really, really um, puts it on the line every time he races. And I think that's something to be admired and to be uh, replicated because, uh, I don't know, there's two ways to look at running. There's times and then there's races. Uh, yeah, races I mean, are – you need to be a it, racer it, to make the Olympic team. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's awesome to run fast times. Um, it's, you know, Johnny Gregoric. He's a 349 miler, which is amazing, but – you know, at the end of the day, who are we talking about more right now? Centrowitz. We're talking about Centrowitz because Centrowitz is, is a really good racer. We're talking about Cole Hawker because he's a really good racer. And it takes a lot of confidence, takes a lot of knowledge, and a lot of, uh, a lot of really good strategy to, to race really well. Yeah, I think Centrowitz, and I'm sure he gets this from his father, Matt Sr., is the best tactician our sport has ever seen in terms yeah. of uh, how he prepares. Um, and that's why he's an Olympic champion. Um, I just, I still can't believe uh, Hawker outkicked him. It was oh, amazing. Yeah. That, that was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sick. Absolutely sick. Um, uh, and, like, his positioning, too. Like, I think, tactically speaking, Central had a much better race. I mean, it's, it's clear as day. Uh, Central was, was in a really good spot. You know, he was leading at some points, which is some people don't think that's the best thing to do, but he was out of trouble. Um, he, he was out on his own in the clear um, at the front of the pack and uh, was just kind of controlling the race from the front. Meanwhile, Cole Hawker was boxed in so bad. I've never seen anybody boxed in Other than so Craig. bad. And what's, what's that? that? Oh, only one who was worse than him was Craig. I mean, his positioning, yeah. I have to say, was awful. And he, he knows better than that. He's a great athlete. Yep. I, he's my favorite guy to watch. Um, but there's no excuse for that, honestly. That yeah, uh, and it, it's it, it's really tough to get the tactics down, but uh, and sometimes you just find yourself in the sticky situations. But um, <laughs> the fact that Cole Hawker was was trying to get out of that box for like two and a half laps, and then all of a sudden at the last second he just squeezes by everybody and explodes to win. That was just so cool. Yeah, that was the coolest race I've seen in in years. Um, I think we talked definitely about the trials. I want to get into some some random stuff with you i know you're a stand-up comedy fan and you i've done yeah. open mics i don't know have you did you know that i did open mics back in the day i i may have remembered yeah. I, we may have talked about so that i used to drive myself into the city and go to uh, oh wow stand up new york or the stand yeah the stand and i was terrible but uh you know what it's fun it's fun yeah what are, where are you at with yeah. your stand-up comedy career I, I wouldn't say it's much of a career anymore. No. Uh, yeah, I, I had that one summer where uh, I had the idea that I wanted to put on like a show. Uh, like a, I wanted to do like a, like a, I wanted to be a headliner of, of, of like a comedy show. And uh, yeah, for the whole summer, I was going to like open mic nights and, and like practicing and coming up with jokes. And uh, I ended up putting together like a whole 35 minute uh, really? segment that, uh, yeah, I, I, I hosted the honesty show. Well, I didn't host. I, you know, produced the honesty show. That's what it was called. And uh, there was, there was like a, like a host, like somebody who like called everybody up on stage. He was, he was funny. And then we had uh, Matt Wood and then uh, Devin Giannini were, were before me. And then I was a headliner and uh, yeah, I did 35 minutes and uh, told some funny stories about my whole life. That was, that was in. It was the summer I joined the team. 
Yeah, I think that was that was 2017. Yeah. Yep. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I remember it just like it felt really good to be on stage and just kind of go on and on and uh, I don't know. I like talking. I, I feel like I'm a confident speaker, so <laughs> it, it's fun. Yeah. So I remember uh, I had met Kyle Merber the week before at the running school, and I also met Colby. And they were uh, cool guys. They spoke to a lot of people and they had a nice short conversation with them. But uh, the week after, Kyle Merber came to speak to us before the Hoka Ononi Long Island Mile. And I remember Gerard yep. walked up to him and he's like, do you know any uh, any uh, runners who are stand-ups? And Kyle Merber was like, uh, Daniel Wynn, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, I remember like, I don't know, that's one of those moments I actually think back to and I'm like a little embarrassed about that because I was like super awkward about it and I was like, oh yeah, like I think you're so funny. I want to be like you, but like in more of like a comedian sense and I'm like, I don't know, whatever I said, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was insulting, but I was just like, just awkward. looking back on it, I was like, oh, I was such like a, like a geeky little kid. Uh, I mean, I wasn't a kid, but <laughs> I think I was a little starstruck in that moment too. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he is Long Island running for people our age, I think. And he's totally. doing a great job. I really love the Sidious Mag with him and Chris. I hope they do those more consistently and not just for the Olympics. But he has a newsletter. I don't know what, do you know what it's called? Oh, yeah, The Lap Count. The Lap Count, yeah. I got to get into yeah, that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Do you read it? I don't. I, I just see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely subscribe to it. It's like, I mean, it takes less than 10 minutes to read and it's every it's week and, uh, yeah it, it kind of just gives like a good recap of random things that happen throughout the week in track and field word 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 um sorry i got distracted but i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a random question and i need a yes or no answer okay i'm scared do you believe in aliens yeah okay definitely okay i do too <laughs> is, there, is there a follow question no no that's all i have oh that's it but, um, yeah yeah no that's it um yeah, yeah. i mean if, if if they're i think it'd be really uh ignorant to say that there's definitely not aliens. <laughs> i think it'd be naive to think we're the only ones that exist do you think there's aliens that uh walk amongst us in disguise yeah i don't know i don't know you always see those like uh like all on like ukraine news channel uh, you see like oh we just saw some ufos the other day like whoa, whoa hold on take take a few steps back like, anyway yeah did you see the report that was like uh navy or an air force pilot was like yeah we see a ufo every single day yeah they just like declassified something recently that was like yeah like we saw ufos like a couple years ago and like they were definitely ufos and we don't know what the hell like where it came from <laughs> apparently they came from the ocean or something yeah, no, it's wild. Everyone in the chat, if there's anyone still listening, give a, a thumbs up or a yes or no if you believe in aliens. And um, Gerard, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I follow like a lot of like weird like like war soldier like like just like like kind of conspiracy Instagram accounts that I oh, mean yeah. they're a little ridiculous sometimes, but other times they kind of keep you informed in a way that the news doesn't. Um, which you know, I mean, sometimes it's not so reliable, but at the same time, like I, I think I got most of my news, down the most balls. of my news from like, like the a, like the Palestinian uh, conflict that just recently happened. Uh, I think I got most of that from uh, from like some of these Instagram accounts that are you know mostly focused on like like darker things that the news doesn't usually focus on. We got one yes so far. One yes for aliens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. GSP AMP. 
Gina Spamp. Shout out to her. She's my, my girlfriend's best friend. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, thank you for doing this. I want to talk about Runner Shuffle and uh, where you're at with that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I just, uh, February was my last episode of the Runner Shuffle podcast. Uh, I, it was just winter time. I was really bored uh, and also kind of just like seasonal depression. And uh, it was something I started up. And uh, I, I have a tendency to like, I'll pick up something new. I'll give it my 1000% effort. And then like, I realize it's like too much effort for me to keep up with, with like my normal life responsibilities. And then uh, I kind of like give up on it a little bit, but um, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think Runner Shuffled has some potential, so I should probably try to yeah. keep up on it at, at some point. I mean, I'm, I'm in freaking Flagstaff, Arizona right now, and I haven't posted anything about it yet. Yeah. I was, is my audio still good? Yeah, you're, gonna, you're okay. good. Yeah. So I was playing basketball with Sean today and he was like, his Instagram was so great. Like, I don't know why he stopped. So even if you just do the Instagram, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I think that's what, like, I just put too much pressure on myself sometimes. And I like, Oh, I have to make it perfect, but you know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just, you know, it's something for fun. And if people follow it, then great. Yeah. As someone who's been doing this for three years, I would err on the side of just put it out. Like don't yeah. overthink it. Even if it's, even if you think it sucks, someone will enjoy it. That's what I kind of learned. Cool. And that, that kind of my, my quote that I always uh, stick with when it comes to that, like mindset is uh, if you throw shit at a wall and not like if you, if you throw shit at the wall enough times, eventually something stick. will stick. So I like pasta better in that analogy, but it's fine. Oh, is that, yeah, I, I, would, I would say shit. Yeah. But yeah, man, thank you for doing this. Um, is there any burning questions you have for me? Um, I don't know what we got to do this again. I guess that's, yeah. that's my, uh, my main yeah. question. What, and what, when's your next race, man? You said you're training. What, what's the, what's yeah, the yeah. main training? So, um, no set schedule. Uh, Mike Petrina is my coach over at SRC. Shout out to Mike. Hell yeah. Shout out yeah. to my coworker and your friend, Kim Larson. Kim Larson. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to, um, right now, I think I can run four miles straight, uh, at nine minute pace. So that's kind of where cool. I'm at. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's a start, dude. It's a start. And, uh, that's, that's the thing with like where you're at is you have to like, can't even focus on like a race. You just just gotta gotta focus on like, get out there as much as you can, you know, maybe hopefully by August you're doing it every day and, 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 uh, enjoying the process. That's that's just gotta trust the process and enjoy it. Shout out to Mike. Um, can't wait to like officially join SRC. It's a great program. Shout out to them. Obviously, you know, do you want to speak a little bit about SRC and how they helped you in your training? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, there's not too many people listening to this, but like, I don't know, I, I, at some point, I'm definitely going to be like, I, I want to make like an Instagram post to just like thank them for, for uh, all they've not like, you know, they've done a lot for me over the years, but like, more so they've just like taught me a lot over the years. Uh, you know, it, it, I have been working there since 11th grade and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of realized like, I, you know, 11th grade is the time when you've got to like decide where you're going to college and, and what you want to do in college. And, uh, at that time I was like, you know what, like, you know, I'm at this running store and it's pretty cool that there's, you know, there's, there's opportunities for careers in the, in the sports world. And, uh, that was when I decided to go into sport management and, uh, always had a job there always stayed connected with everybody and just really enjoyed the atmosphere that uh src provided where i was able to 
go to work, meet really cool runners, uh, meet coaches, meet people who love the sport and, uh, you know, make a career out of it in some way or another. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, not, not to get too sappy here, but yeah, I mean, I know at some point I'm going to be making like an Instagram post, just kind of yeah, like, man. uh, laying that out. Cause I, I, I like technically not like working there anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Manhattan after this and I'm going to be, uh, you know, doing something else, but um, they kind of raised me, so to speak. They, they birthed my love for running um, greater than what it was uh, before I started working for them. Yeah, so. so you went in there as a kid who wasn't sure where he wanted to go in life, and you walked out a, um, you know, a marathoner. Yeah, I walked out a marathoner who's confident enough to drive across the country and train in, you know, Flagstaff, Arizona for the summer and um, know how to go about that. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, the yeah, go list goes yeah. on. Yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, I have a couple more questions. If you you're still still got some juice. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was like the nail in the coffin that made you turn the ignition on and say, "I'm going to freaking Arizona. I'm going to do this thing." Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure you remember when I was. I, I was. Trans- yeah. Uh, so, like, I've always wanted to train at altitude. I and that was like, you know, so so uh, for the for those listening uh i went to adelphi originally and then i transferred out uh I, my last season at adelphi was cross country 2017 um i actually before that season started i'm like okay i'm transferring during the season i was like you know what i think i'm gonna stay like i really like this team i really like these guys um and and uh i kind of like led uh the charge towards like planning a altitude training trip for the next summer and then uh it just kind of turned out that the school was a little too expensive for me. Uh, the school was really what I wasn't looking for anymore. So uh, still ended up deciding to transfer and uh, obviously the altitude training trip kind of fell through, but uh, Hold on. Yeah, long story short. Hold that thought. The seed you planted has grown to birth. You're in the D so, you know, Joe and Tom and Matt and some of the guys are going to, I don't know where they're going, but they're altitude training. So that's, I think that's a huge. Right now? Uh, this summer. What, when are they going? When, when are they going? That's awesome. You didn't know that? No, I, I, no, I, I, I no posted idea. about it today in the D's. They're going to altitude. I know Joe DiStefano, uh, Tom Roulette, and Matt Gemma. And then I'm sure some other guys are going. So that's, I think that's. I think it's, I think it's something that's, you know, if you have like, so that's the thing. Like, I've always wanted to do it. It's always been on my bucket list. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I've always wanted to do something like this. And then, uh, yeah, this summer, it kind of turned out that um, <clears throat> I had enough money saved up. I did a lot of work throughout COVID and everything. And uh, and it just came up with a plan. Like, you know what? Like, I've always wanted to drive across the country. Always wanted to train at altitude. Like, screw it. Like, let's find an apartment that I could sublease and let's uh, commit to this marathon training thing and, and just do it you know even even like that's the thing like i wanted to make sure this decision was like gonna happen even without a race like i wanted to just come here no matter what um you know this scenery is beautiful like you know right near the grand canyon uh this is a place unlike any other and it's something that even if i wasn't training even if i wasn't doing anything um in the fall i would still be here and uh i would still be enjoying it the same way so um it just, you know, it turns out that I am training really well and that's really cool. But at the same time, uh, I, yeah, I'm just happy to be here regardless. So, uh, 
I wouldn't be off base if I called you a, 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 a like crazy about your like cra- a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sure, what yeah, you, I mean, what possessed you to drive and not fly? Uh, well, I wanted to have my car. I'm not. I, I didn't yeah. want to rent a car for two months. Uh, my mom didn't want me to drive, but I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna be very, very broke if I have to rent a car for for two months. Yeah. And the, talk uh, about the the road trip and the scenery. You were a solo gangster going from <laughs> New York to Arizona, just flying solo. Like, talk about um, America and the the heartland and the scenery and the sights on the trip. Yeah. Uh, and and the trip was honestly like. It was. It, I I took seven days. Um, didn't really like rush or anything. I, I took my sweet time, um, and yeah, it, it was amazing. I mean, I've like I said, as much as I've always wanted to train altitude, I've also always wanted to drive cross country. And uh, yeah, I spent my first night in Ohio, pretty standard. I mean, drove through Pennsylvania, nothing really to report there. Stopped at Penn State, which was pretty cool. Um, Ohio. Next next morning, I went to the Cuyahoga National Park that are run there, which is really cool. Unexpected that I didn't know Ohio had a national park. Um, and then from there, I drove to St. Louis, which was, uh, that was a pretty rough day because my car actually broke down that day. Um, I had to spend two hours in the parking lot of advanced auto parts fixing my car um, in the rain too. It was freaking raining. I was so miserable. And I was like, stay calm. You got this, stay calm. Like we have a lot of driving to do, just figure this out. Um, so yeah, that, that was tough. And then, yeah, I got to St. Louis. Um, so yeah, Ohio to Indiana to Illinois, um, you know, lots of, lots of farms out there. Lots of, uh, oh, we got two minutes remaining. It says on this Instagram live. All right. Um, um, if it ends, we can stay on zoom if that's cool. And we'll wrap up. Yeah. That. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'll wrap up my, my story real quick. Yeah. Um, Kansas was beautiful. I think Kansas was a lot more beautiful than I expected. Very wide open, beautiful skies. Uh, you know, the town I stayed in was really, really cute, really sweet, uh, nice people. Um, yeah, stayed in Boulder, Colorado for two nights at my friend's house and then uh, drove down to Albuquerque. Albuquerque super weird. Wouldn't really recommend it as like a travel destination. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where they were breaking bad. bad. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Too. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Flagstaff. Flagstaff, baby. Yeah, that's that's sick. Um, everyone who stayed in the chat, congratulate yourselves and say something in the chat before we end. I guess. Yeah, appreciate anybody yeah. who uh, tuned in at, at any point during this. Yeah, um, no. Um, in terms of hopefully my- more people watch this after the fact, I'll I'll post this, I guess, and uh, see if anybody wants to watch and listen. Um, yeah. No. Just just uh, in normal time. Yeah, I think we'll we'll get like a solid. It's one of my longer ones, but um, I'm sure we get cut off. But um, yeah, the last one did pretty well on YouTube, so I think that's where it'll live on my feed, and um, cool. I'm excited about it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, we can, is it gonna cut us off any second? Uh, we have 25 seconds left. 25 seconds left. Thank right, you. Cool. Thank you I guys appreciate for listening. that. Yeah, and uh, you can end, then we'll wrap up on Zoom if that's cool. Cool. All right, Instagram Live people, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you want to watch like the last couple, two, three minutes on Eamon's podcast, you know where to go. All right, peace out. Um, all right, I guess share to IGTV. Dude, that was great. Yeah, totally. All right. Um, all right, man. 
I what else did I want to? That was awesome. That's one of my longer ones. I think we we crushed it. But um, yeah, man, just good luck with everything. Who are you? Who are your training partners? I mean, I'm like still pretty solo for the most part. Uh, I mean, I've been making friends. So so Flagstaff has every Thursday at a bagel place. There's uh, a group run that meets every Thursday. Bagel run, they call it. Uh, which you know, I've been meeting people through that. Um, and uh, and then Sundays, I've been trying to just meet up with people for long runs. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I I ran with people today actually, which is first time running with people on a Monday. Um, but like my workouts, I like to keep those solo. I don't really have anybody matching up schedules with that. Um, I usually like to work out solo, honestly. Makes it, makes it a little tougher. Yeah, it, it's hard to work. I mean, I don't like it because it's easy. I like it because it's like you know, it'll help. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does help with like racing, and I'm I'm pretty good at it at this point. Like. The start of COVID, I was pretty bad at working out solo, but I've, I've definitely built built a uh, resilience to the to the solo grind. So I appreciate it at this point. But uh, yeah, I don't know, making more friends as I go. Yeah, hell yeah, I can't wait to visit you in Manhattan, man. We'll go yeah, out yeah, I can't wait, time. dude. Yeah, no, that's sick. That's sick. I'm glad you have some roommates. You're not uh, shouldering that burden of rent on your own, obviously. Yeah, no, definitely not. That would not be happening by myself. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much um yeah man i'll do an outro i'll do an intro uh, i don't want to get too ambitious but uh thank you so much and i'm excited to oh. for runner shuffle then i'm excited to have you back on when you crush the philly marathon cool yeah and and i think uh i think we are due for some i think there's more things to talk about from the trials so maybe you can come on to my podcast and we can talk about that on, on my you know i'm pretty busy no i'm just kidding i love to i love to thank you gerard and thanks everyone for listening yeah.